Awesome. Thank you again for another challenging sermon. Um, and I keep saying this, but yeah, every time I read some of the passages that you're about to preach on, I'm definitely praying for you. And, and also, thank thank you, you that it wasn't me preaching on those topics. So, yeah. But um, yeah, so I wanted to just ask you a few questions just concerning Romans uh, chapter one. Mm. Uh, just three questions. And it's, they're quite similar, but kind of have the same central theme mm. um, as I was reading um, your transcript. But yeah, one of the first questions I, I had for you was, um, are, there any, are there any other dangers of thinking that our sins are less sinful than others? Yeah, thank you, Denzel. Just uh, while we remember, before we, we, we look at that, Denzel, there's a, a reminder has come up from Sarah in the chat box about uh, podcast questions as well. So yes. thing we don't cover now, I will try and record uh, yeah. address. Denzel and I are going to be recording some material on Thursday for the podcast. So uh, there's time until then to, to get questions to us. Yeah, I guess, Denzel, <clears throat> dangers of thinking that other people's sins are, um, are are more sinful than ours or our sins are less sinful. I mean, I guess it's just that we, we, we can fall into the trap of comparing each other's sins uh, just as much as we compare each other's acts of service. And once we start playing that comparison game, you know, the divide and rule happens, uh, you know, we, we can start to assume a superiority complex. Um, I thought about this this morning, every Saturday, um, the Guardian and other newspapers are available, but they, they do one of these little vox pop, you know, Q&A with the celebrity, somebody in the news and questions about, you know, uh, when and where were you happiest and, you, you know, what's your favourite meal, all that sort of stuff. And one of the questions they will ask is, um, what trait do you most despise in others? Uh, which is interesting. And I, I thought about that this morning and I thought, do we really judge in terms of what is offensive uh, in the eyes of God? Or are we often judging about what we despise most in, in others? Because it's all offensive to God. Yeah. But that we go on what is particularly um, offensive uh, in, in us. And I mean, this is important as well, isn't it? Because, I mean, it was quite a hard passage to prepare and to reflect on this issue of, of sin. We don't like to talk about it and be confronted with it. And maybe if we're all honest, and I've said this sort of thing before, if I've gone to church for a long time, if I am a good Baptist, <laughs> you, you know, and, 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 I, I lead what I think of as a generally respectable, law-abiding life and so on. You know, you, you can fall into the trap, can't you, of thinking, well, I'm not so bad, am I? You know, but we, we, we're just confronted that all of us, we're all in the same boat. <laughs> and, yep. and um, yeah, and, and we're all equally in, in need of his mercy. Yeah. I think linking to that, to that for my second question, it was... When you kind of mentioned that sometimes some churches, you know, don't emphasize a lot on a sin um, as before. And I know there are particular churches that focus a lot more on, on grace um, yeah. and kind of have this thing where, OK, yeah, grace is there. So, you know, kind of do what you want. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that Paul addresses those issues as well. But, yeah, but my second question was, why is it so important that churches consistently speak about the dangers of sins? Yeah, I mean, it's really helpful what you said there, Denzel, about... We do need to speak of grace. And with all, with all of this, 
you know, there's, there's a, with, with God, there is the holiness, love sort of tension. And of course he is loving and he welcomes us, but, but there is that emphasis in his word as well on, on, you know, we, we can't blithely presume, you know, upon his, his, his grace or, or, or we are, we are welcomed, but nor can we waltz in, uh, if, 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 if you like, in, in, into his uh, presence. I mean, I guess there are lots of reasons why we, we need to speak uh, about sin. Of course, it's important how we do it, and it has to be with care, and it has to be with, with, with love. But I suppose, you know, it's remembering, it does put a barrier between us and God. And, you know, David says in Psalm 51, against you and you only uh, have I sinned. And there are going to be times as well when, you know, everything is at stake for the people in our lives around us. So I thought about 1 Corinthians 5. You might remember this, this story or this situation Paul is dealing with in Corinth, the guy who's committing incense. Is he sleeping with his mother-in-law, I think? Uh, and he says, you, you, you've got to speak into this person's life. The phrase he uses is um, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Uh, you, you know, so there is something about bringing um, a challenge. And I, I suppose um, the, the other thing I just thought of is if you look at Romans 1. I mean, part of the message of Romans 1 is if, if sin, if we don't speak about sin and challenge it, if, it's a, if it is left unchecked, its consequences can spiral and spiral uh, and become uh, even more ruinous. And I mean, we all we all know, for example, we will all be able to think of someone who got into a feud with someone else and they never sought reconciliation and, and, and the implications of that one fallout just go on and on and, and yeah. they become massive and, and irreparable in others' life or, or, or the bad habits somebody fell into, which became really destructive you, you know and you you look at romans one murder strife deceit and malice you know these things do ruin people's lives they're, they're not victimless uh, as it were so um and it's hard but yeah we've got to that there are occasions when the passage and the text demands that we we address these things yeah thank you for that uh, and um, the last question, when you kind of spoke about this whole aspect of focusing on our individual sins and actually understanding we're all in this together. Um, so what are the dangers of Christians only focusing on our individual sins? I, I guess just, I mean, it occurred to me, the problem is that we can end up just with a narrower kind of individualized gospel. And, and, and to me, that doesn't do justice to the whole gospel message. So you know, we think back to Genesis 3, you know, the fall has impacted everything. You, you know, our relationship with the environment, uh, you know, how men relate to, to, to women or, 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 you know, me too. <laughs> right at the very beginning, it's, it's, it's there. Um, the sense of toil, the sense of life being uh, a grind. I mean, it's, it's, it's all being distorted. All of the goodness has been distorted and all of the goodness is going to be made right. And, and maybe if the other thing is that if we, if we only focus on our individual feelings, we maybe end up being blind to other problems, you know, our collusion with, uh, you know, structures that damage the lives of other people, damage the environment. I mean, I think I find this interesting in... For many years, we were 
sort of leading a church in an area of deprivation. We did a lot of stuff, leading a food bank, uh, helping kids who were struggling in mainstream school. They were the victims of structural sins. You know, poverty is caused by structural injustice. Uh, kids struggling in schools were caused by, by stuff that went back in their families for years. And also there was an education system that didn't work for them. And I, I just think if you if your only message is that God will forgive individual sins, your gospel doesn't have anything to speak into the stuff which is damaging the life of, of the people around you, who you want to reach for God. It's, is, is your gospel big enough? I guess that would be my, my question. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Trevor. So yeah, I'm going to open up the floor for anyone who has any questions for Trevor or any reflections um, from Romans 1. So feel free to wave and I'll unmute you or you can unmute yourself. Yeah, any reflections or questions? Michael first. Michael Potts first and then. So yeah, you have to unmute yourself, Michael. Yeah, there we go. Right. No, it's... Just a, a comment. Uh, I have graded sin for years. I have. Um, and I find it difficult not to. Uh, what I mean is uh, murder, uh, grievous bodily harm, um, bully, well, bullying behaviour of a spouse, things like this. Um, uh, Financial you know, fraud, where uh, a company can be brought to its knees, a small private company. So I, 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 ha I have been doing that over the years, and I'm, from, uh, I was listening intently to what was said this morning. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Michael. Oh, Michael, yeah, yeah, come on, there we go. It's so insidious comparing ourselves uh, with others. It's so easy to do. Um, but I think a positive uh, thing is to compare ourselves with Jesus. And then we immediately realize how far short we fall. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then we, we, we seek his forgiveness. And uh, that's all positive. Yeah, absolutely, Michael. It, and it's 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 it was quite a hard passage to preach on and reflect on. I mean, Romans one to three is almost one one whole passage, and and in a sense, don't don't get don't get to bring us the the, the resolution um, next week. And and I, I I quite agree. I mean, it was quite helpful that we had communion this, this morning, and it, it helped us to. To have some some form of, of of resolution. I mean, like I say, Don can unpack the Paul's resolution, you know, and how he finishes that that section. And and it it's um yeah, I, I find it tension, Michael, yeah, because I, I kind of thought I couldn't gloss over it. it we you know, we, we can't minimize and we, we almost just have to, to take this <laughs> this morning. But you're right, we, we we have to we have to come back to Jesus. Any interpretation of any passage, it's got to be a a Jesus-centered interpretation and and pushes back to him and not away from him. Absolutely. Amen. 
Jane, you had your hand up. I did, yes. Um, I just wonder, I mean, I, clearly I'm going to leave it all to Trevor, but I was wondering as you were talking about how we, when we come across those very entrenched kind of sin grading qualities in someone, how do we, is there a, a good way of combating that? Um, we come across what qualities? Part kind of uh, the kind of entrenched. Yeah. You know, this is a terrible sin, and it's much more terrible than that. And I guess I was thinking of kind of sexual sin. Yeah. yeah. In terms of that passage, um, how how can we combat that? Uh, apart from sending everybody to you, Trevor. Apart from saying well, yeah. I mean, I I, I just I find it I I find it really fascinating. Like, like I said. Reading the passage again, I think it's Scott McKnight in his book on Romans, which which is superb and which is sort of the book that we as a preaching team looked at to, to, to help us think about this. You know, it's fascinating. The, the idea that that Romans 1, as, as well as being, you know, inspired by God, Paul is writing and, and addressing sin, it does read like a stereotype. It reads like a, a, a rant. They sometimes say that Romans 1 is what they call a vice list and, and this idea of just, you know, blasting people with a whole list of terrible things. It, it was part of the rhetoric, if, if you like, of, of, of preachers like Paul in his day. Um, but, you know, we, we have to come back to... Uh, first of all, we have to come back, I think, just to, it is all equally offensive in, in his sight. And I think... There, there have been, you know, we just have to combat any sort of sense of certain sins seem to generate a, a kind of sanctimony, a, a kind of prim prudishness. I mean, you know, I, th I think, I, I just think God is angry at all sin. It, it, you know, it's really interesting, isn't it? We, we, we talk quite a lot about uh, sexual sin, don't we, or, or, or as stereotypically Christians have, and we sometimes will even use words like sodomy to condemn uh, the worst excesses of people. If you look at Ezekiel chapter 16, I think it is, you will find um, Sodom and Gomorrah mentioned and their sins again, and Ezekiel, I think, talks about their sin being that they didn't feed the poor and needy within their midst, isn't that fascinating? You, you, you know, and, and, and I think actually, uh, you know, if, I, I mean, you know, abuse of the poor and, and, and injustice seems to be that which God speaks of, particularly in the Old Testament. Um, so I think there, there is that, Jane. And you're right. Maybe the other thing, as Michael's already reminded us, is to remember Jesus as well. I mean, we think of that story in John 8 of the woman who... Uh, has been accused of sexual sin. I, I think, uh, I mean, interesting. You, you, so often there are certain sins which communities will pick on to scapegoat other people and to almost resolve what they feel as being the sins within the community. After this, we talked about this in Worship in the Word, I think a few months ago before lockdown. After the Second World War, when, when there was lots of issues uh, in, in France around collaboration to be resolved, women who had slept with German soldiers and formed relationships with them during the war would be made to run the gauntlet uh, during streets, in the street, they'd be stripped, 
they, they'd have the barraging of crowds and maybe be tied to, to lampposts and, and people would shout at them. You, you know, it's the classic sin of the sexual, of the, of the woman who has sinned uh, and she is made to bear the cost for everybody else. The communities do this all the time rather than deal with all of our faults and all of our failings, we'll just pick one person's sins and we'll point at that and then we've dealt with it. Jesus came across a woman who was dragged before a whole community and was about to be stoned. And he went and he stood alongside her and, and said, if anyone else hasn't sinned, cast a first stone. And maybe that's a helpful story for all of us to, to remember. Yeah. Thank you, Trevor. Alan, is that your hand? Uh, yes, I was just sort of, it was just striking me that, you know, Phoebe was there reading Romans chapter one, as it were, mm. but half an hour later, she's reading Romans chapter sort of love uh, and having the, applying love in all sorts of different ways to the people around you. And in a sense, one's the antithesis of the other, isn't it? There's the list of things you shouldn't do in Romans 1, and then there's a list of things that you should do, which is controlled by how you love people in Romans 12. And that sort of, we need to remember that we've got the two things in, in balance. And not, now I'm not, not decrying what Romans 1 is saying, but all I'm saying is like, actually, rather than looking at it as a list of things you shouldn't do, it's more you balance it with, actually, you need to apply love. And if you're yeah. not doing that, that's been, yeah. So that maybe is a useful insight, I don't know. No, I, I, I quite agree, Alan. I've just come down an awful lot. I mean, some of those commands in 12 and 13, blessing and not cursing, you, yeah. you, you know, it, it's it's key. And um, I mean, for anybody, I don't know about anybody else, I have found this enormously helpful, this idea of just thinking about Phoebe, Um oh in this community, a real bunch of people who are quite divided and, and, and Paul's letter, which is trying to help them think about the divisions. I think we quite often think of Romans as being the most abstract of Paul's letters, don't we, you know, and, 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 and dealing with big concepts, but actually it's, um, yeah, it's just written to a bunch of people like us, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think Mabel, did you have your hands up? This scripture is for Trevor. Yeah. It's about the someone or anybody else who would be would be able to help me. Trevor, if you got a copy of the Amorpha, the Amphan book. Of, of which book? Have you got a copy of the Amorphan? I, I don't actually think I have. Uh, apologies, Mabel, but somebody might have a copy. I, I, I don't know. I, th I think when I read it, I was at school and um, it was it was probably a textbook, but I, I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe if anybody else has a has a copy of it. Yeah, um, I haven't seen any hands raised now, but maybe if if yeah, if we can make can make a note of that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Okay, then thank you. Thanks. Oh, so I think I forgot. I forgot your name, Sally's son. I know you're not Jerry. <laughs> Stefan. Stefan, that's the one. Yeah, no, hi. All good to see you again. It's been a while. Um, yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think one thing that would be really useful, Trevor, is uh, we've talked about a lot of topics. And I think one thing that sort of unifies the idea of 
basically thinking about sin um, as sort of all being equal and not necessarily thinking about, you know, like one, kind of, mm -hmm. again, to follow culture as often cultures do, you know, to find one and sort of scapegoat that, um, is basically to kind of understand, you know, what is what is the essence of sin? Like, how should we think about, um, you know, what it is like quintessentially, right, to, to be sinning? Yeah, I mean, is it... Uh... James, somewhere, I think, you know, anyone who knows the good that they ought to do and doesn't do it sins, it's something to that effect. And I mean, in a sense, sin is part as creatures we fall. I mean, to be creatures is to be created and how all of us in different ways fall from that which the creator would have us do and how he would have us order our lives and live and that mistake and feeling and sinfulness arises I think both from within our our own individual hearts but also there is something wired within the world as well which seems fallen and just you know and 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 uh you know and any of us who lives in this world for too long, you know, we soon find ourselves caught up uh, in the injustices and so on around us. We, 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 we soon find ourselves playing the game the way it's being played by others around us, unless we are like those who truly manage to live the godly, distinctive lives that, that resist what can seem so overwhelming around us. But... There is a design, there is something beautiful and lovely that God is calling us to and calls his world to. Uh, and suppose as we said, it's about love for neighbor, uh, care for neighbor, care for the other. And I think those commands are to nations and to societies and to rulers as much as they are to individuals. And where where we fall short of that, it's it's sin. Um off the top of my head, that's Initial thoughts, yeah. Okay, thank you. And just last one, I think Brian, I saw your hand up. Thank you. Yes, um, the thought that my mind is that um, uh, sin is a bit like uh, when we're talking, the, I think it's Romans 3, for all fall short of the kingdom of God. Yeah. Fall short of the kingdom of God. The word fall is relevant because sin is a kind, has a kind of gravity attached to it. Yeah, yeah. The more you do it, the, the, the further you fall out of the way of God's way. And uh, it strikes me that uh, um, it creates, the more you do something, the less you notice you're doing it because it's, it gives you a kind of anesthetic towards it. And, and I think... It's, um, it's quite a struggle to get back up. You can't do it on your own strength. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right, Brian. And there is, there is that sense of relentlessly going from bad to worse, isn't there, in, 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 in Romans 1? Yeah. And, 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 and so it's a reminder, isn't it? Yeah, we need, we need to live in community and we need to have people around us. Paul says in Romans 7, doesn't he, as well, he talks about just this constant battle within his own life, actually, as well, to, mm -hmm. to, 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 resist, um, to resist these destructive patterns. 
in, in his life. But yeah, it, it once it starts to have its way, it, it will, uh, I was thinking this morning, I mean, I remember a few years ago in not this house, but another house we lived in, we had a, we had a leak, it was in the bathroom. Uh, it was coming from under the bath. It was going on probably for a year before we realized it. And, you know, water damage in a house as any of us knows, <laughs> it could just get anywhere and everywhere once it sets out and it's on its way. And it's, it's mm. destructive patterns have that capacity within them, don't they? They can, yeah. once their, their hook is in, yeah. yeah, the problems can be unending almost, yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Great discussions. So I thought it'd be good for us to actually go into our, our breakout rooms and just to catch up with one another and see how everyone is doing. So um, just bear with me one moment.